Yep. Yeah, we're recording. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Hey, hope you all had a good uh, Halloween weekend. Uh, we, I had a blase type of week, uh, type of weekend. Just regardless, uh, I had work. Work was crazy. Uh, uh, I had to deal with uh, a diamond dasher. I had to deal with puke on the floor. I had to deal with a, uh, uh, a not necessarily flood in the bathroom, but I had to deal with a sink, oh, a sink be, almost being overflowed, and there was no way to unclog the sink. So I had a fun weekend. <laughs> this sounds like Hitman 3. <laughs> Uh, oh, speaking of uh, uh, speaking of video games, though, uh, which actually goes right into my first uh, uh, first topic for this week. So I've been playing a lot of Far Cry Six, right? And I'm maybe sixty percent halfway done with the story. So I'm like, I'm done with the first two chapters or first two regions, as you say. Mm-hmm. So I'm going into the third region, and right as I started the third region. Uh, I just get a, a text from one of the characters, uh, Juan. I think it's Juan, uh, but yeah. Well, ba- basically, he's like the guy who creates all these you know, crazy ass weapons that your character can use and all that stuff, right? And as I'm about to go in the thing, it's like, oh, Danny Trejo wants to meet you. I'm like, wait, wait, wait what? Danny Trejo wants to meet me now? It's like, I, I thought this DLC was dropping in like in a couple of weeks or so. And apparently, what happened was that there was a work in progress, uh, the work in progress DLC, uh, yeah, it was a deal, the DLC, uh, which is called Danny and Danny versus everybody, because the main character is, is named Danny, so, and you're teaming with Danny Trejo, so it's essentially Danny versus, anyway. So, anyway. Danny squared. Yeah, Danny squared. And, so, I played the beginning, I was like, wait, was that it? I feel like there was, there would be more to this thing, and then suddenly it was like, oh, by the way, uh, what you just had got to play was a work in progress, uh, work in progress DLC. And I'm just like, oh man, I kind of want to play more. It's with Danny Trejo. And it's like, even though this thing has been essentially, uh, like cut out of the, the, the release now and it's been patched up so it doesn't be like, oh, you know, this is what, this is the type of taste what you gotta be <laughs> using. Like this is the t- this is the taste of what the DLC is going to be like, and then suddenly it's like okay, but so they gave you they gave you the beta version and then just took it away. Yeah, and it was like yeah, it was a work in progress, you know. And, and the Danny versus Danny uh, DLC is supposed to be maybe dropping because the the Far Cry DLC thing goes with uh, Danny versus Danny, uh, ver- you know, Danny and Danny versus everyone in tr- DLC, and then maybe in a couple of months we get a Rambo DLC. Hmm. And then a few months later, towards I believe March or April, we get a Stranger Things uh, collaboration DLC. Huh. The most o- the most oddest of <laughs> DLCs. <laughs> like, out of I mean, this is Far Cry, so I don't I wouldn't pass Far Cry having a uh, friggin' uh, alternate reality <laughs> type of storyline, but. I mean, just look at those, like, I mean, just, like, look at all the drug trip scenes they do in the games, too. So it's like, yeah. they could easily just do it, like, oh, it's just another drug trip. You're now on the show Stranger Things. Kill everything! Uh, like, that, that's I, probably how it would go if I, if I had to make a guess. 
Hey, if we could get if they get David Harbor, I'm good. Mm. Because, because we got, love got David Harbor. Yep, gotta fulfill your David Harbor obsession. Yes, we love David Harbor. Uh, uh, but yeah, it. I, and then there's like the actual DLCs of uh, playing as Voss. Uh, uh, who's it called? Um, uh, Just, the guy from the fourth game. Yeah, I know who. I know. Who, I know like what he looks like. I know who you're talking about, but I just cannot for the life of me remember his name. I usually just say it's Troy Baker, and that's usually who, you know it's like Troy Baker playing essentially uh, almost like the Joker, but not really the Joker. So has the has the style of the Joker with his attire, but yeah, not not even as like yeah, not even personality wise like the Joker. Like no, uh, yeah, even more charismatic. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Quite not as abusive though. Mm-hmm. If anything, and, he kind of is actually the hero. Megan Penn, I think that's why his name. Yeah, Megan Penn, Penn. But yeah. And oddly enough, he's kind of the good guy in the story because it's like, and that's what's kind of crazy about the ending for that game. Spoilers. That's like, whichever of your you know um, hero side faction you choose, you actually leave the country worse in a kind of worse off place than where it began than, than where you began in the story with it. I'm sorry. I just I just looked at my phone to look up the name, and then I saw another story that kind of like made me go, "Oh man!" But, uh, but yeah, uh, it's like the actual DLCs for Far Cry Six will be like you have the free DLCs, you have essentially three free, uh, three free DLCs, which was the ones I just talked about, which was Danny versus you know Danny and Danny versus everyone, a Rambo themed uh, DLC, which. I don't believe it has Stallone, but it has uh, a character that is essentially idolizing Rambo, who mm. wants to fight with Libata and using like the, the Rambo themed uh, like attire and whatnot. And then you mm. have the Stranger Things, uh, Stranger Things uh, DLC or update like towards March, Aprilish, May, like around mm. that right before spring hits, mm. right around spring break, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, uh, the the DLCs where you just play as Boss, Pin, uh, Mega Pin, and then Joseph Seed. So mm-hmm. honestly, I think I think that's the most interesting DLC because yeah. Far Cry has some of the best villains oh, in yeah. video games. That's so it's like, especially because like you know, um, Boss is honestly criminally underused because they kill him halfway through the third game. So it's like getting to see more Boss. It's like yes, please give me. I haven't played the third game at all, so that's a big spoiler. Mm. <laughs> I thought you did. I mean, you, no. It, it's why did you not play the third game? It's weird because when I bought, I I think when I either bought uh, Far Cry Four or Far Cry Five, I got the, the. I think it was Far Cry Five. When I bought Far Cry Five, I got the free. Uh, I got Far Cry Three for free. So mouthful. Uh, but I have yet to play it because I have so many games on the backlog. I have yet to finish uh, Last of Us. I have yet to finish Mortal Kombat uh, 11. Was it 12? No, 11. And, you know, I have yet to finish uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm like, I have yet to finish all these games. I was like, hopefully by the summer, I'm like, I can have a little time by myself and just play a little Far Cry 3. But no, I haven't even played Far Cry 3 yet. So, yeah. Big spoiler for me. <laughs> well, but, I, did not, I did not know because it's like, you know. It's just one of those games where, like, generally everybody has played it. That's, like, that's familiar with the Far Cry, you know, franchise. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm more along the lines of liking uh, Far Cry 4 and then Far Cry 5, mostly because of how, I guess it's sort of like how Saints Row has gone from the zaniness of just being, oh, it's um, just gangsters in, in a uh, small neighborhood to essentially, oh, your character is now the president of the United States. <laughs> to where it's like Far Cry is like, oh, it's like you're just kind of like, Surviving on a, on an island uh, with some, uh, I, I think the first game had like Nazi scientists or something like that. I had no idea what the first game was about. And then to the third game, it's like, oh, you, you know, you're fighting against someone who is essentially like, almost like a, an, uh, again, a, a Joker-esque character, where it's like, you know, uh, where it's like, and then you're fighting against a cult leader, and then you're fighting against another cult leader, and then. Finally, you're fighting against a dictator. I'm like, that is how you go from uh, that is like sequel escalation where you're just like, it's like like when you and the Batman in the background. It's like each movie with with Batman, it gets more zanier than the last movie. I mean, in terms of villains, like oh, you go like the first movie, like the first official Batman movie had like you know Batman, Riddler, Catwoman, Penguin, and then. It became like Joker and then Penguin and Catwoman and then Riddler and Two Face and then Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze and then Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul depending on how you do it say it and then Joker and Two Face and then Bane and then uh, al Ghul Talia al Ghul because Catwoman isn't technically a villain in that one per se more like a antihero esque yeah it's like and then. With uh, Batman vs. Superman, and it's like Lex Luthor, and then essentially uh, KG Beast, or whatever his character was called. Uh, and then. KG Beast. Yeah, KG Beast. So, like, even though his character wasn't KG Beast, technically called KG Beast, if you know the comics, he, he used <laughs> KG Beast. He, he, doesn't yeah. look like, he just doesn't look like a beast. Exactly. He, he doesn't look like a guy who's like essentially a cyborg. Yeah. He, he, he's KG Beast, but the beast was sterilized. Yes. He just. He, he's just like a, a stereotypical Russian uh, mafia guy. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it's weird because in, in these games, especially with something like Far Cry, they seem to essentially go from one-upping each other via, via these games. And then with Far Cry 6, a lot of DLC is just like, how can we go even further than the previous DLC? Because mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of the previous DLC for Far Cry 5 because I don't think I had bought it. I mean, like, I got the season pass, maybe. But that was a lot of, like, that was a lot of, uh, I believe, just, like, maybe background stuff or just, like, attires or something like that. I think I remember seeing one because I remember watching a YouTuber. Um, mainly I would watch this channel because, like, he would literally screw around with Far Cry 5 so much that I was, like, that is one of those things where it's like you would have to like they should like hire this guy to like kind of like you know beta test their game to find glitches because like I'll, I'll send I'll send you a video later it's amazing okay. but one of the things they were playing was like this sort of DLC that was like zombie themed and it's oh, like right. every, it was like literally zombie moose and zombie animals as well as zombie I remember people. that now yes 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 so I think they had that DLC but other than that it's like what else did they have and I believe. Maybe a, uh, yeah. That, that was the thing about Far Cry Five was that I think it had a lot more with in terms of online multiplayer mm. stuff. There was more for that uh, thing. 
Yeah. And that was, uh, Is that, that the one where they, I think that's the one they introduced co-op, right? Or did they introduce it sooner? No, they introduced it in four, but it wasn't really a, a factor in four. It became a factor in, um, in five. Cause in four, it's like more like, uh, because four, it had the more long lines of, hey, if you have a friend who has Far Cry five and Far Cry four, you can play, you know, online, co-op. And then, uh, with Far Cry five, co-op became more of, um, I guess more of a thought out idea. Mm. Because like, Far Cry 4's co-op was literally just been like, hey, you know, you're here with me. Let's go and, you know, help, you know, help me do this mission. And, um, 5, I believe they had actual co-op missions and stuff like that too. Whereas like, maybe, I'm not sure, but it it was more along the lines of co-op. And there was another thing with Far Far Cry 5 where it's like you create your own stuff, you know, create Mm -hmm. your missions and stuff like that too. It was essentially like a mission maker and, Post it online and have more people play on that stuff. Uh, oh, there was the other, uh, DLC where it was like, uh, it was like a, uh, Vietnam based one. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a Vietnam based one and it was supposed to be about one of the characters that in Far Cry 5, but here again with six, it's like Danny and Danny versus everyone. I'm like, Yes, give me please. If you will. So hearing that there was a work in progress uh, DLC of the thing kind of like leaked on uh, leaked by accident. I'm like, oh, man, I kind of wanted to play as Danny Trejo with everyone else. What is this like? And 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 I think that and I think that's another thing with uh, uh, co-op where it's just like, oh, you know, at the end of the mission. And he's like, hey, uh, you know, in typical Dan Trail fashion, he's like, hey, if you ever need someone to help, I mean, if you ever need backup, just let me know. And sure enough, he's like, you know, Danny Trail now has been a lock for a co-op. Hmm. So I- I'm guessing there's going to be uh, not necessarily like like you could already play with your uh, co-op buddy, but if you're already playing like co-op in Far Cry Six. I think instead of you ha- playing with the other Danny, because there's like two characters, two character models from Danny. You can play as mm-hmm. the male Danny, and you can play as the female Danny. So mm-hmm. if you're playing, so when if you're either playing, say one of the missions, and then suddenly it's like, oh, you're playing as female Danny, and then here comes like, do you want to play with another? Do you want to play with the male Danny, or do you want to play with Danny Trejo? So, and I already know who I'm gonna be picking if I'm gonna be playing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Danny versus Danny, even though it was a work in progress, it was actually kind of fun. And it kind of like shows like what type of, uh, uh, what type of thing, uh, Ubisoft is cooking up for, uh, like literally cooking up for Danny Trejo because like the first mission you have to do is literally get all the re- ingredients for, uh, uh, Trejo tacos. Because he's like, like that's the uh, that's the gist of why he's in uh, Yara, which is the uh, main location for um, uh, Far Cry Six, even though it is basically Cuba. <laughs> so he's in Yara, getting essentially a Trejo taco stand uh, up, and then he, the uh, uh, what's my call it? Uh, the military, you know, just comes up and just says, hey, you know, you can't, uh, you just can't, uh, 
cookie or something like that, and then he kills all the military. Then I was like, okay. Tacos are a sign of democracy. We cannot have that here. Essentially, yes. <laughs> this is somehow ridiculous, the concept. The reason he's there, just to make a freaking taco stand. Not a taco restaurant, just this little taco stand. <laughs> probably on the side of some random road somewhere. Out no. by a hill. That probably no one travels except for your main character and maybe some of the soldiers that you have to fight. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 too it's too over the top, but at the same time it's it's hilarious to be yeah. that over the top. <laughs> Welcome to Cooking with Danny Trejo. Step one, grab your machete. But yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's just like Oh, okay. Like this is the type of uh, game we're going with here, and then suddenly it's like, <laughs> it suddenly it's like, oh, you got you got to fight the military as Shreya has to cook his tacos. It's like that's literally the first mission. It's like once you get all the ingredients, it's like, oh, Trejo, you know, help Danny Trejo cook his tacos by killing the military. <laughs> and then like once, like, and then once, Wait, I, love, I love the way I love the way you explain that. It's like. You have to help him make the tacos by killing the military. So it's essentially saying you're eating people. <laughs> We're cooking the soldiers into the tacos. We're eating human meat. Yeah. <laughs> what you're explaining, it sounds like that's basically what the concept is. <laughs> I know it probably isn't, but it's like no, no, no. It's much different than you than how I explained. But it's basically you know you're cooking. Uh, Danny Trejo is, is essentially cooking his uh, his tacos, right? You know, er, uh, adding the spices and whatnot. And then suddenly, here comes uh, you know Danny, and then here comes Danny Trejo, like literally, like, hey, I, you know, I need your help with uh, with with cooking the thing because you know, he, you know, he has to cook everything, and then you know, here is. Danny goes like, okay, I'll help you and all that stuff. So yeah. <sighs> so it would be really funny if like he uses a taco shell like the way John Wick uses a pencil to kill people. <laughs> That'd you know, be hilarious. You know, that's probably the reason why it was it was a work in progress was they haven't really figured out. Oh, um, how do we uh, make this as zingy as we could? Oh, okay, <laughs> we'll have Danny Trejo kill someone with a taco. Yep. Oh, yeah, just take the taco, force it in the mouth of a soldier, then slam the soldier's head onto the stand, and then just have him go, ta-da! But, yeah, I just found it amusing that, you know, Far Cry 6 had a a content leak, but it was like, it was a fun content leak for, like, a few hours. (laughs) Because after, after, you know, after the mission, you're able to essentially drive around the machete uh, motorcycle. Because, and sadly, I was trying to, like, put it into a parking garage like, so I could keep it, but for some reason, the, the game was like, nah, Brian, you're not allowed to keep this. Because mm-hmm. it was, like, essentially, it was, like, a motorcycle with a little, uh, a little, uh, sidecar, but the sidecar had, like, the minigun, so, so when you yeah. drive around, you're literally, like, literally just firing the minigun, just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like the scene from the machete kill, I mean, it's like the machete it's like literally a scene from Machete where he's like literally driving that motorcycle and then he has the minigun in front of it and then he's literally using the minigun as he's just like killing all these guys. But yeah, that that, uh, that was a fun 
thing to know, like, on Monday night, where it was, like, literally, randomly, the DLC just dropped. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The, 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 it's... <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, oh. It was so good you're crying. Oh, so, speaking That's of... That's how you so speaking of John Wick, uh, an awesome story came out over the week of why Keanu Reeves is still awesome. And Hayden, if you want to talk about that. So basically, uh, they were on location. They were like, you know, kind of going to be filming another like a scene or whatever for John Wick 4. And the crew is, you know, trying to move all, all their supplies. And normally, you know, the big name actors, they don't touch that stuff. No, they just go to the trailers. They just stay off to the side. They do their own thing. Now, Keanu Reeves, he was helping that crew move all their supplies with them. And that's something you just don't see a lot of the time a lot of the big-name actors do. And it's like, it's like it's just another of the many plethora of reasons why Keanu Reeves is just one of the best humans on the planet. Yes. And, yeah. And, and, it's like, and it's like, you know, just a nice glimmer of, you know, goodness to see in this world oh. of crap. Not only that, I believe he also recently gifted the stunt team uh, gold, not gold watches, but... They were, uh, not, yeah, they were, like, really nice watches. Like, custom-made watches from, like, uh, the, from, like, the, like, to the JW4 stunt team or something like that from Keanu or something like that on the, on the inside of the watch. And if you look at the watch, it's like, it's amazing. It, like, it's all, like, one of those fancy watches, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like... Even though this past couple of weeks have been, it, like, has been horrific in terms of, like, entertainment news, and that's why we took, a, like, a, a week off because of what was happening in entertainment was, you know, when we came back, we were like, I wanted to talk about what, you know, uh, this stuff with Ruby Rose, like, a few weeks ago, but then we hear the stuff about what happened with Rush and and, and the stuff that, ha- and that has been coming out of Rush is, like... Mm-hmm. It's even more heartbreaking to know what's been going on because it's like, not only that, uh, it's also what the I uh, the, the 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 union just literally was talking about like uh, like on last month about why they were going to go strike because of uh, work conditions, and mm-hmm. then you find out on Rust there was like even more horrible work conditions and and then the were, fact that the union people walked off that set too. Yeah, and then you find out that oh, by the way, you know, uh, I'm not sure like how how legitimate this story is, but it's like then you find out that you know some of the people on set, not like the actors, but like I think some of the crew members were using like the prop guns to play with. Well, they weren't even technically prop guns; they were actual real guns, essentially. At least from Uh, what I've heard, that they were because like they were kind of using real guns, but they were putting. like, kind of that fake ammo in it. Yeah. They're kind of going for a sort of more authenticity kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, when you, from, it's from what I've been reading about what, what's been happening, is like, not only does it, like, mirror what happened to Brandon Lee, but it, it's, like, it's even more eerie does, like, Brandon Lee t- passed away, like, close to 30 years ago, and here, here we are with the same type of stuff where it's just, like, you know... A woman, a talent, like a talented, a talented cinematographer, you know, died because of you know uh, a gun neglectness, neglectness on set, and you know it's like, and I will, and some of the stories I was actually reading, like the Instagram stories, is like 
how many people are going to be needing therapy to what, you know, how many people are going to be needing therapy and how many people are going to be, like, denied therapy because they need to go and make a, a, make a, a movie and stuff like that, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, when would they have the time? Because it's like, they have, you know, because like you still have to spend so many time working on movie sets because you got to, you know, make the paycheck. Yeah. And it again, it is uh, heartbreaking to read and even more heartbreaking to read about the type of conditions that that was happening on the set. And mm-hmm. like, how the, uh, like how the assist, there was actually a different assistant director at first, but he left because he could tell how bad the conditions were on that set. Yeah. And he and even he wondered, could this have been avoided if I was there? Especially because the person they brought in to replace him is incredibly notorious for being super lax with safety on yeah. sets. And and the gun armor, I forgot who her name was, but apparently the, in a previous movie she worked with Nicolas Cage. It's like she mm-hmm. uh, was fooling around with uh, one of the guns and it popped off like rather loudly right in Nicolas Cage's ear and he, it kind of like made him snap. And mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage is not like the type of act. Well, you know, if you see Nicolas Cage, you know, he can, know, you know, when he could actually, you know, play angry on screen or is angry on screen. But when you know Nicolas Cage offhand, he's like, he's, he's literally like Keanu Reeves. He's like one of the most chill, chillest, you know, guys around. He's like, he's always nice and friendly and he loves working, you know, with, he just loves acting. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you hear him like losing his shit and, you know, literally it's like, you know, talking like what happened with this woman. It's like, you know, it's like one of those type of things where it's just like, all this could have been avoided if, um, if they had taken, taken more respect to, uh, work conditions and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Cause this really does shine a light on just like the work conditions for those kinds of sets too. And it's like, and how many times, like they'll just you know cut corners to save on money and then and sadly just look what happens when you do that you know accident like these kind of things happen yeah uh, and then also also too it's like um that that particular woman like the um, that um not the rust movie the Nick the Nicholas Cage movie that was yeah. her first movie as armor. And then when she went to work on uh, Rust, she had said on her podcast like a month before I think they started working on Rust that she didn't feel like she was up to the task to, you know, be like the the armorer for that movie. Because also it's sort of like um, she uh, like as the daughter of like a very famous armorer in Hollywood. Ah. So then it's almost like there's kind of, so I'm kind of hearing this. I'm like, okay, this really feels like there's some nepotism as to how this particular person got to this position when even she is saying she doesn't feel like she's qualified to do the job essentially. Yeah. And in that, and in that case, you know, it's like, you can understand how this stuff like really happens. Like sometimes when you don't notice it mm-hmm. or, and I've been on, or not been on, but I've seen sets that have been very neglectful, and you know, it's it's it is what it is. You just can't help it. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, sometimes you need to have uh, a good second hand to literally just keep everything uh, re- to reel everything in, pr- in in place. Otherwise, you know, it's it'll be a chaotic set. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of it felt like it could have been avoided, but at the same time, would have it still happened if more if they had switched out, you know, the neglect, you know. Mm-hmm. So the way it, I heard is like the way it, it plays out is like even if this production was like cutting corners or people were walking out and stuff like that too, it was like would it still happen even if they had already you know, tossed out what, what was needed. You know, would someone else be shot? You know, would there still be an would there still be an accident on that set that would have required you know medical attention? You know, mm-hmm. and and you're filming a uh, western too, so it's like that's even more of a, a factor too because westerns are very you know well one westerns are one of my favorite genres to watch and to you know. Because one, it's it's a very uh, westerns are very great as a character model for people, you know. Uh, take for uh, Star Wars is essentially like a space western. Well, yeah, you know, it has. I mean, yeah, like the best example that's just look at Mandalorian. It literally yeah, screams space western in your face. Yeah, and uh, you know, not only is you know. It also like a sci-fi and speaking of space westerns, I just started watching Cowboy Bebop and Cowboy Bebop is a western in space. And again, to do a western like a like a legitimate western where it's like, oh, you're having it um, take place in like the 1890s, maybe 1880s around that area. You know, one, you got to have it at least authentically, you know, shot wise. And then reading all this stuff down, it's like, how does this all you know, how does all this stuff still happen when, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, it's heartbreaking to, to read and probably even more heartbreaking to talk about because, you know, you know, there's just these people who are talented behind the scenes who either get hurt because of neglect or die because of neglect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and not only that, like this ties back to the Ruby Rose thing that we, I wanted to talk about, which was, you know, a few weeks ago, she came out essentially out on Instagram talking about how bad it was working on Batwoman season one. And uh, not only that, she like she called out the producers, called out some of the cast members and uh, and specifically called out the, the showrunner. And and you could tell, like, and then the. WBTV is like, oh, uh, we have our different story about what Ruby Rose is saying, and sort of like, it's and and this is the same thing was like with Johnny Depp too is like, for some reason Warner Brothers cannot stick with their guns and actually show you know and commit to something is like, it, it's so weird that Warner Brothers is so volatile in terms of like the workplace because, mm-hmm. you know. We know about what happened with uh, Zack Snyder and Justice League. We know what happened with um, David Ayer and Suicide Squad. You know, we know what happened with uh, different other uh, either DC properties or Warner Bros. properties in the past. So Warner Bros. is a very volatile place, and you know, you know, like literally. over the past summer, you know, Space Jam 2, the uh, a new legacy came out, and literally, 
it was had to be rewritten because of one, it still had Pepe Le Pew, and they didn't want Pepe Le Pew being a you know who was always portrayed as a harmful romantic <laughs> in the lightest sense. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have Pepe Le Pew in a very postmodern world uh, and being himself in a postmodern world. So uh, he never even that's the thing though. It's like. He never, he never not, actually succeeds in, like, you know, his objectives. He always fails. Yeah, and I think that's... And that the, was kind of the point, you know? He yeah. is a bad guy, and he does fail at what he's trying to do, because what he's trying to do is not a good thing. And, yeah. you know... I mean, hell, honestly, it's like, looking at the modern world, it's like, if you want to actually have, you know, a more accurate, like, to reality of what Pepe Le Pew essentially is to his fullest extreme, have him succeed. Yeah. Because that would be more accurate to the world we fucking live in. Pardon my French. Yeah, uh, or do what for some, or do what uh, Black Widow didn't somehow make him look like uh, Harvey Weinstein. I mean, come on. And I and my and my, what, and or, I or, even just, or even just like have him just show up just to have the villains kill him off. Yeah, to kind of you know show their their threats. Yeah, and and I think that's a and but. Back to Warner Bros. Uh, I'll say, imagine how hilarious that could actually be, too. It's like you could have Pepe Le Pew doing his womanizing to um, some woman, whatever the villain was in Space Jam 2. I didn't really watch it. I just, didn't, just wasn't interested. So whatever the you know other basketball villain team is, and like you could have one of them be a woman, have Pepe Le Pew try to womanize, and then the woman immediately just like shoots him with a laser and disintegrates him or something. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I just solved your problem, Warner Brothers. And, but yeah, Warner Brothers has a history of, with volatile workplaces, especially in the past, and, uh, you know, uh, Super, uh, well, yeah, one of the producers of Supergirl in the past was, you know, ha- you know, has harassed people in the past, so they put them out, and then, uh, it's like, it, it's, and, it's, but yeah, it, it's, Thing and, and, and also too, like we also we got to add Joss Whedon to this list. Yeah, because all the stuff that came out with him like a while back about when he was running the taking over Justice League. And not only that, Buffy too. So it's like exactly, yeah, like everything, almost everything he's essentially touched is kind of mired with that kind of like, harassment. But yeah, it's and this is what you kind of like picked up too was like uh. Uh, Batwoman was a show that never really could succeed, even in season one. Because mm-hmm. even as I watched season one, like, like, even as I watched season one, I'm like, this show is just getting stupid and stupid and stupid. And this is the show that's probably going to be succeeding Arrow because you need to have a grounded. Because if you want, because there's like literally like four other shows in the Arrowverse that could, that essentially could succeed with, uh, Arrow. You have Lessons of Tomorrow, The Flash, which is the most likeliest and probably mm-hmm. is the most poignant. Yeah. You have Supergirl, and then you have uh, Black Lightning and uh, Batwoman. Well, that's mm-hmm. fine to say, but you know. uh, but Black Lightning. But in this case, Black Lightning and Supergirl have already ended, or mm-hmm. Supergirl's ending. Uh, Black Lightning has already ended. Uh, so in this case, oh, and Superman and Lois. So you have all these four shows now. You have Superman and Lois. You have The Flash, Batwoman, which is now in season three, and Lessons of, Lessons of Tomorrow. So you have these four shows that could literally be 
an ex arrow that could literally jump off and actually create like new stories and you know create essentially a a placement into essentially um gelling into a a stable like if a stable shared universe by having this one character always pop up on these shows or having another character that always pops up on these shows but well funny enough john diggle has actually been that character because he kind of yeah. showed up a little bit in some of the show like the kind of foreshadow him becoming a green lantern so i yeah. almost wonder if that's kind of going to be the show because it's like because john diggle's character is sort of like the um the conscience, the humanity of the hero characters in a lot of ways. And so, I, so I feel like, like if they kind of like restructure and recenter around like maybe his character, I feel like they might be in a better course if they try to do that. And we kind of find out that his uh, maiden, not maiden, his father's name is Stuart. So his character, <laughs> so his, uh, so he could have been like literally John Stewart. And, and all that stuff, but they didn't call him John Stewart when, you know, it's like, oh. Because they probably, well, especially because they probably didn't know, like, you know, well, first off, when they first, you know. The era was like, you know, it's going to be a very grounded, like, Batman type of uh, theme type of show. And then mm-hmm. suddenly after season one, it's like, oh, they've done all that. And then suddenly, like, oh, let's just introduce the Flash, maybe as a, like, a grounded type of thing where he doesn't have any speeds, force, and stuff like that. And then. And then it just literally just... And then give him Speed Force anyway in in Arrow. (laughs) Like... Yeah. Like... I'm not not Arrow, in his own show, and then... No, no, they gave gave him Speed Force in Arrow, because I remember watching the episode, because Barry showed up for, like, essentially a two-parter... Yeah. ...right before Arrow went on Christmas break, essentially, where we see Barry back in Central City after he gave Oliver the, you know, that mask present... And yeah. we see the, you know, the Star Labs accident, the lightning strike him, and then it cuts back to Arrow for, so Oliver can put the mask on. So we yeah. essentially see him get the Speed Force in Arrow to kind of, oh, because yeah. that's how they were setting up the Flash. Yeah, but I was also going to say that, you know, they kind of like also uh, done away the whole uh, naturalistic type of show when they introduced Deathstroke and then all of a sudden this random type of serum that they had that was supposed to become World War II and it was essentially their version of the super a super soldier serum and then mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like literally if you wanted to do a show like that, why don't you just do it at the start of, at the start of the se- series and not be like, oh, by the time it's like season three or season four, suddenly Alva knows how to do all this magic. Which yeah, was well, like- okay, I, well, I, th- I think in defense for the first two seasons, it does make sense because it's like one, you don't know if this is going to stick with people. So you kind of got to start small. You got to start yeah. with the grounded stuff. And then eventually kind of work your way up. But, it's, like, after the second season, they really, like, lost their footing of what they were actually doing. Like, like the one thing that always bugged me the most, and weirdly enough, it's not even the magical stuff. It's the fact that um, Oliver basically gets killed by Ra's al Ghul, or Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. And then thrown off a cliff. Somehow lives. And this is a, this is a deep fall, too. Yeah. While also being stabbed through the freaking chest, he somehow lives. No Lazarus pit, because they were like, because apparently they didn't give him the Lazarus pit stuff. He just somehow, because of the insane plot armor, survived. And let and 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 let us remind you, uh, folks, listeners, there was a major DC character who was stabbed in the chest this past summer in a past uh, DC movie that had the same exact fate, stabbed in the heart. And they died. Here is how the Queen again the exact same thing, stabbed with a uh, sword from Ra's al Ghul, 
falling off, like maybe 50 feet downward or 100 feet downward, still mm-hmm. somehow survived. And then, well, I don't think he was still somehow survived. I think he literally was dead. And then someone decides to bring him back with some, like, you know, uh, eight, not. But like, they didn't even. But like they, they, they barely the even explained how could, they brought him back to life in the first place. That's the thing, though, because it's like they don't no, explain it, it. So the implication actually, is that he's somehow still alive. Actually, if I remember correctly, one of the characters finds him, brings him back to the thing, and uses like an ancient potion to like to nurse him back to health, like okay. with like with like ancient flowers and stuff like that too. You know how it's like. It was like whenever people aren't like, how do we bring someone back to life without him, like without magic and stuff? Um, this flower here, notice, like you just mash up this flower mm-hmm. and they, you know, make it into a drink and they drink it and they come back to life. Like they use that mm-hmm. type of world. But, they, like I learned how to do this on Skyrim, so I can do this here. <laughs> but yeah, back to my original point. So Ruby Rose. Comes out with all this stuff, and then suddenly it's like the same thing with the, like, and then Warner Brothers essentially says like essentially it's the same thing we have we have our version of what's we have our version she has our version so there you go but and and I think and I think the truth in that it's like it's 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 both essentially like I think there's I think there's truths in both yeah because I can believe that Ruby Rose probably isn't you know. Like it, you know, it's possible she's not a you know easy person to work with. Like since, well, I'm not on those sets, I can't say for certain. But it's like if other people who have worked with her are saying she's probably not a fun person to work with. Okay, I'll you know put some belief in that because you have ex- this experience with that person. But then at the same time, I can also believe that yeah, those studios are you know are you know especially you know with the way Warner Brothers has been like we've discussed, they're they're probably not you know in the you know, in any kind of right here either. Yeah, and again, this is, uh, uh, and this goes back to one of the stories that you kind of like showed me a few days ago with Amber Heard, and, and you know, Am- the, the story with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp has been like years in the making of what, you know, it, like literally he said, she said type of stuff, and we all it was like, you know, is she lying? Is she telling the truth? Is Johnny Depp telling the truth? Is he lying? Is Warner Brothers just, uh, you know, firing Johnny Depp because they don't believe him and they only believe, they only believe that the fact that, you know, you know, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And it's like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, it's like what you just said before, you know, uh, there's probably two, they're both at fault and, I'll probably get a lot of shit for saying that, but, you know, Amber Heard is at fault, Johnny Depp is at fault, you know. Johnny Depp should have, you know, not Amber Heard because, you know, Amber Heard has always been in the news for being a crazy bitch, you know. It's, she's like, that was like literally her type of uh, thing, you know. Uh, uh, she was known to be very abusive to one of her girlfriends or, fian- uh, you know, yeah, one of her girlfriends, like, back in the day, and, you know, here she is, you know, dating Giant up and all that stuff, so you should have known to uh, uh, escape when, you know, well, of course, you know, and that's another thing about. Uh, yeah, about, it's like it's like one of those things, you know, it's like, that's about, and I mean, that's, I, I can because I can relate to that, you know, in terms of like, you know, you fall in love with someone yeah. and then you only end up finding out who they who their real selves are yeah. much later on. And it's like, but it's like they. They just do have like 
such a like a hold on you that it's like yeah it's like you're just you know you yeah that's like you know you end up falling so hard in love with them it's like you just want to try and you know make it work yeah and i've been there too so i understand you know if i was in dining up suit i probably would have tried to you know escape as escape somehow but at the same time i can understand why if he was you know falling in love with her but again uh who's it called uh her is at fault too because one you know you know, if she did lie, then she, you know, lied at a very massive scale and essentially, uh... I mean, because that's what she's been doing, though. I mean, like, honestly, like, just all you gotta do is just watch, like, you know, like, those body language experts react to her depositions, and it's like... And also, too, it's like, especially us as actors, too, it's like, I feel like we are able to also pick up on when people are lying to us a little better, too, because it's like... You know, as actors, you have to, you know, essentially study how people act. So you can, you know, do that yourself for, you know, the stage or screen. And it's like. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, we can all kind of, you know, be able to pick. So, yeah. It's like you can just tell she's lying when you watch her in the depositions. And then when you see the body language expert point out essentially what, what, like, you know, those tells are that she's lying about something. Yeah. And. Yeah, I mean, I am. I, and, and then just seeing that side-by-side comparison, too, when it's like they show Johnny Depp giving deposition, it's like, you know, the nine-day kind of difference. Yeah, and I honestly feel more sorry for Johnny Depp, but, you know, Johnny Depp has had... And, and, uh, especially because of the Warner... And also because Warner Brothers, you know, is keeping Amber Heard on everything, you know? Yeah. They, like, they kept her for Aquaman, too, but then Johnny Depp lost Fantastic Beasts. Well, then again, Fantastic Beast is a fantastic um, train wreck of a of a. I mean, yeah, but it's but again, it's, but I mean, I mean, yeah, yes, it is a fantastical train wreck, but it's yes. like it's that, it's that you know it's that sort of thing where it's like it's clear you know that it's like and yes, like yeah, that you know what we said, you know, there there's fault on both sides, but it's like just watching the way it's all been playing out, it's like you can tell yeah. who's really like making this like you know what uh, I, I can't even put words to this right now like i don't know yeah. and uh even what's more messed up is that you know uh they use johnny depp's past as you know with uh, alcohol troubles and stuff like that too or substance abuse i should say as mm-hmm. a way to saying oh you know he abused her and stuff like that too and 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 that's and, and, and also her infamous like you know like photos that she had, like you know, a black eye or whatever. That it was. And then, they, and then they, she's like perfectly okay. It's like yeah, like literally the next day, like literally no makeup will make a black eye look better. It's still you're still gonna have a black eye for a while. You can't like like that's yeah. Yeah, and again, it's like both sides are at fault, but it, I honestly feels like Warner Brothers is the most at fault because one, it's like uh, rather than. Uh, Facing the music, they would rather just like say nothing is wrong, like literally the same thing about one, where it's like nothing mm-hmm. is wrong, and just keep on like the the show must go on. Mm-hmm. Like I would just you know, in like maybe what to twenty years, ten years, or how many years, there would be an amazing expose of what's it like actually working at Warner Brothers at sort of like at the, at this time, where it's like around the time. Man still came out to like right about now, where it's just like not only 
is Warner Brothers trying to catch up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're also trying to create their own little universes with everything, other other properties, like Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts, like Harry Potter. You know, mm-hmm. they're trying to create their own uh, universe from a, what was it, a 120-page book or something like that? Like, the, the Fantastic Beasts book is, like, a very short book, and... And that, and that was the whole thing. It's like really just like uh, an index of all these beasts categorized in uh, in the Harry Potter world. It's like that's literally the gist of Fantastic Beasts. And then suddenly it's like, oh, by the way, it's like you know, they're trying to add more lore into the movies, uh, the, the series somehow. And then and then we could go. And, and I really don't want to go on a whole tangent about why J.K. Rowling is a piece of shit, but you know, it's mm-hmm. like. It's yeah, that's that. That, that we, we would run out of time if we went on that one. Uh, but excuse my French, folks. But uh, you know. I mean, hey, I've already I've already spoken my French, so. But yeah, it's, it, it's like, <sighs> but yeah, like the, with the Amber Heard and Ruby Rose thing, I have both parties are literally at, at both parties are at fault. You know, what Ruby Rose is like. She has her uh, uh, opinions. Where I do believe, I do believe there was a toxic workplace, and then I do believe that she was probably difficult to work with too. So, you know, it's like, and then with Amber Heard, it's like I do believe, you know, the Johnny Depp side, where it's like, you know, she was abusive and stuff like that too. And I do believe that with Amber Heard, you know, there was maybe a time where he. He wasn't really abusive, but there was a time that she perceived him as abusive because of his, you know, substance problems and whatnot. But, but again, it's but that's and, the thing too, though. It's like the fact that she went out of her way to lie about being physically abused, though. Yeah. So it's like, what else is she like? Because she went to such extreme lengths for it. So it's like, what else then are you lying about then? Because it's like you, because yeah. like if you go away to lie about physical abuse. When that does happen, like, you know, in a lot of relationships, unfortunately, when it's like when you would literally go out of your way to lie about that. I mean, my God, like yeah. what else is there that you're lying about, too? Yeah, it's and especially because it's like Johnny Depp never had any kind of history with other exes of being abusive, too. No, because that's uh, the thing. If you're an abusive person, you don't just magically start one day being abusive. It, there, there's usually a history of abuse. The only time, and uh, the only time I could think about that is maybe with Winona Ryder, but that was only in the nineties, and that was, and they were like young and in love. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, and even she was all, like, and even she was like, yeah, Johnny's cool. We're all friends and stuff. Like everything's all good with us. Yeah, you know, it's like, and and again, it's like in this quarter case side with Ruby Rose and. Batwoman and Warner Brothers, I honestly have no idea who would have fought with this, but with Giant Depp and Amber, I could easily be with Giant Depp's side. Mm-hmm. Because... And, I feel, and, and yeah, and I think, I, think, I think that is kind of similar with, like, the Ruby Rose stuff, but it's like... Yeah, I, there's definitely fault on both, but it's like... It, it is almost easier to want to say it is the studio's fault, too. Because it's, yeah. like, of their history as well. Yeah, but at the same time, we don't know the full story. It's like, you know, Ruby Rose is she's difficult to work with and stuff like that too. And you know, it's like, and then some. But again, I kind of understand uh, when she heard it, like something almost got paralyzed from mm-hmm. the show. Like I can understand that completely from her perspective about you know 
how mm-hmm. they wanted her back on the set within like 10 days rapidly recuperating and stuff like that too. And it's definitely one of those things where it's just like, who's really at fault, you know, Warner brothers or an actress who has only been really acting within the past several years. Yeah. Cause like the only time, like I remember I ever heard Ribeiro's name was John Wick too. Yeah, well, I guess I, I feel like I've only seen her in that, and then um, like you know, Batwoman, and there's probably something else she did, and I'm just blanking on it. But it's like, yeah, she's like just has not done that much. Yeah. So you know, and like she's only done like maybe a couple of action things, like it was John Wick Two, and then Triple X, uh, Return of Xander Cage, mm. and then the Meg, you know. Uh, and then, like... Oh, she, wait, she was in that? Yeah, she was. Huh. Wait, was she the lead, or... Am I no, thinking of... No, what? she was, but uh, she was okay. essentially uh, one of the... Uh, one, of the one, of, one of... Who's it called? The guy would have called um, 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 Rain Wilson? Yeah, Rain, she was essentially one of Rain Wilson's uh, helpers, or something like that. Like, on the, of the sub. You know, okay. Uh, I think she's. I think her character's just there to give expedition to Jason Statham to go and kill the Meg. Like that, oh, okay. they just did, and or something to that effect. Because you know, when, oh, 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 okay, okay. I was thinking of a totally different movie where there's like there, there's someone who kind of looked very similar to Ruby Rose, but I, I'm, I'm just blanking on what that one is now. Anyway, sorry. Random. Thought. Random tangents by Hayden and Brian. Yeah. Uh, which I think is this whole day is kind of just a tangent. Kind of tangent. Thing. I mean, yeah. it's been a rough couple of weeks, but you know, it's it, it, it's it is what it is, and again, it a lot of it has to do with Warner Brothers being very sneaky people and being very shady people, and and at the same time, it's just like who do you, who do we believe in all this stuff? So, mm-hmm. oh right, so. <laughs> I'm looking at the stories that we were coming up with. So, I guess to end this week of craziness, Ice Cube left a $9 million payout or a paycheck for some comedy called Oh Hell No or something like that, starring Jack Black. And the reason why he left Oh Hell No starring Jack Black, a comedy by Shawnee Pictures, I believe, is because he didn't want to get vaccinated. So, this has been going on for the past, like, year or so, year and a half, especially since the pandemic. Uh, he's been not necessarily, I mean, yeah, I think he's been anti-maxing or something to that effect. Yeah, because you showed and, me a tweet from him that I think was, like, sometime in the summer of 2020. Yeah. Where it's like he was kind of going anti-mask and then... Anti-vax. Well, not anti-vax yet, because it wasn't vaccine. Yeah, yeah, he he didn't reach that point yet, because we didn't have the vaccine yet. But he definitely was, like, anti-max and saying stuff like that, too. And, man, what happened to Ice... Ice, I was about to say Ice, too. What happened to Ice Cube? He used to be so cool. Like, literally cool. Mm -hmm. And now he's, like, literally... Like, now he's just, like, literally going to the point where he's, like, he'd rather be... 
vulnerable to a dangerous disease, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, people always like, oh, coronavirus is fake and all this stuff. And then you hear people who uh, like hear friends or family who get coronavirus and stuff like that, too. And then, and, and then you hear all those anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers who are essentially on their deathbed saying, I wish I got the vaccine yeah. right before they die from getting COVID because they didn't they did not take the vaccine. Yeah. Because they uh, thought it was fake because they thought it was, you know, it would be fine that they were immortal or whatever. Yeah. And, and again, and that's what a, um, a respiratory virus does to you. It's like you, it kind of like really fucks around with your, uh, immune system, but also, uh, breathing wise. Yeah. And, yeah. and then even if you like, you know, let's say you get COVID and survive anyway, you're still going to have like, you know, long-term health complications from it. You know, Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa, like Lily, he was doing, um, uh, overseas stuff for, uh, Dune, Doom Part One, I should say, and he d- announced like, "Oh yeah, I got, I, I was doing a lot of alohas to everybody." And Jason Momoa is a very, uh, uh, a very energetic person to be around, mm-hmm. to say the least. So if he's around people and he's, you know, saying you know aloha to everybody else and stuff like that, too, you know, even if you are a double vaccinated, you might be able to get, you know. Um, so you could like you could maybe like a slight um, chance of being hit like transmitting some, it of some version of the disease now because mm-hmm. of it. But right now it's like there is like some like some version of COVID like hitting you. It's not really. It could be the the main strain. It could be the Delta variant. It could be a new variant or something like that. But yeah, because there's this because now because of all the unvaccinated people yeah, being unvaccinated, yeah. there's multiple new variants that keep coming out. Because yeah. of their, and you know, they're just really just their disdain for human life, plain and simple. Like, I'm just going to call it. Yeah. So Ice Cube essentially bowing out to, I'm not sure if he did get like $9 million in payout or something like that. But I think he lost $9 million in terms of his uh, not doing the uh, the movie. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show you is like, you know, there are... Just again, uh, so quick, you know, Christy Swanson, she's been known to be an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, like sort of type of person. And sure enough, she gets COVID like a few days ago and she's like, oh, thoughts and prayers to me, all that stuff. And then people like, you know, why should we do thoughts and prayers for a person who is literally like a couple of days ago tweeting out and, you know, retweeting and all that stuff about, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, false information and stuff like that too. And hey, I think, now, now you want, I'll give my thoughts and prayers. To any, you know, unsuspecting person that she's infected because of that. Yeah. Uh, and not only because that. Because like, that's the thing, though. When you get COVID, you yourself are a murder weapon. Yeah. When you get other people sick from COVID and then they die from COVID. Yeah. And I think it gets to a point where with Ice Cube, I think he just doesn't care anymore. Like, mm-hmm. at the point of He's this always kind of had that kind of, I don't know, persona, personality. That just doesn't, you know, give, a, give an F. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't give any. He doesn't give a crap anymore. It's like you, you just see it. In, like when you watch, say, something like Twenty One Jump Street, and then he's playing, at, you know, the the angry black captain. You could tell he's making a quick paycheck to do that. And then mm-hmm. if you watch interviews, you're like, yeah, you know, it's like it's like put, puts in a persona of like this uh, old school type of guy. And then if you watch like other interviews of him, he like you just see how like like. Not exactly out of it, but just like 
how done he is with a lot of things. It's sort of like the same thing with Bruce Willis now, where it's like if you watch Bruce Willis like in a mon Bruce Willis direct video feature, you can tell he's just doing that with a quick paycheck without really realizing mm-hmm. what he's doing most of the time. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. it's like, what am I doing today? Okay. And then, like, literally film all, film all this stuff on, like, maybe one or two days. Mm-hmm. Which is physically impossible, but for some reason, Bruce Willis is able to do it, like, somehow, and do another, like, do another director movie, uh, like, another director movie in, like, another couple of days. Yeah, I mean, the best example of that paycheck thing is, like, um, there was, like, a movie where um, Ice Cube starred in with, like, Charlie Day, where it was, like, some sort of, like, um, fist school fight. fight, fist fight, yeah, and it's, like, that's literally the best example of, I'm just doing this for that quick paycheck. Because yeah. this is the stupidest movie ever. It's concept, it's plot, everything about it is just stupid. But hey, quick paycheck. Thanks. I mean, granted, it is, I, granted it is a remake of 3 O'Clock High, so, you know. Who, who even knows that, though? That's the thing. Who even I is do. aware of that? I like, do. That's the yeah, scary part of me. <laughs> exactly. You're that one guy. You're like, you, you, are the, like, you are the audience they're appealing to. Like, but, hey, and everyone else just like sees this and it's like, what? What is this? Okay, whatever. I mean, I love the idea of just two teachers having a, a tuffle and like trying to kill each other after school because of you know just just uh, just like random common things. But when you're like me, it's like I kind of know it's like, oh, this is practically a remake of Three O'Clock Hines, but instead of a, a geek trying to punch out a bully, it's it's the geeky teacher trying to pull up uh, punk out the uh, bullyish teacher. And stuff like that too. So it's like it's the same as it's the same as that movie. <laughs> oh, excuse me. This is what happens. This is what happens when I laugh because my throat gets all uh, coffee. That's but, why I always have some water with me when we record. I know. I drank that. I drank what was left of my uh, the drink before, so I should have gotten another. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just. Yeah, I I will say one thing just to kind of like summarize my thoughts on just this ice cube stuff and just kind of this whole kind of like anti-vax kind of stuff in general, like with like this anti-mask, anti-vax, like basically just like anti-information really kind of like movement that's been going on with a lot of certain kind of you know, people. Yeah. It's like, it, it's really one of those things where it's like, they're just telling on themselves who they truly are in their core because if this was all it took, like if just a little mask was all it took for you to go down this crazy nutjob rabbit hole kind of thing, then you're just really telling us who you truly are in your core. And you're just showing it for all of us to see now. Like that's really the thing about all of this, like all this anti-vax, anti-mask, anti-information kind of thing. It's just people showing us who they are in their core. And it's like, and it's like, it's, it reminds me of one of my favorite lines from Red Dead Redemption 2. When Arthur is talking to, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He was the Native American, uh, Indian chief. Um, when Arthur's talking about Dutch and how he seems to have changed. And then the, the chief says, well, it's not that we really change. It's more that we just become more of who we already are. Hmm. So it's like when you think someone is changing, are they actually changing or were they just hiding their true self from you and they're just starting to let it seep out more so that it looks like it's changing, but you're just seeing their true self for the first time. Yeah. And that's another thing is like, especially as an actor, whereas like you're 
around so many people and you're around people who are essentially, you know, comfortable to be around with and talk about like what, you know, what do you think we should do on stage? You know, why don't we come out and all that stuff? And then suddenly it's like, uh, and then suddenly once this show is done and then you start talking like post show, it's like they kind of like don't want to bother you anymore. So it's like the same mm-hmm. thing. And this is like, and, and again, with Ice Cube, is like he could easily, and he could easily just say, oh, you know, I, I don't want to get the vaccination because of, you know, personal beliefs or some type of, you know, stuff. But, He's risking a, a paycheck to not work with Jack Black, and I'm, I'm like, I would give my, I would give something to uh, to that effect to work with Jack Black for our future, because Jack mm-hmm. Black is um is an amazing, uh, talented comedian, uh, mm-hmm. dramatic actor too, and yeah. to, work, to to work with Jack Black for a future, I'd be like, that would be amazing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, I you know. I, I guess maybe this isn't. Uh, are we? Are we even there yet? Part four. You know, are we even there yet? Part four for Ice Cube, where he has to build a home, retirement home for his uh, family or something. I don't know what the freaking movies are about now anymore. But yeah, I do agree. It's like as the more we grow or the more we see people. The more people we think we change, the more people that you think we change. The changing that you think we see is actually just is just the the realness of the person coming out. And then when there's yeah. a person, and then when there's a person who's actually changing, who's actually thriving, and who's actually changing for the better, you actually see it more clearly from the thing. You know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is a great example. You know. He went from being a you know, horrible place in the nineties to where he is now, where he can easily, where he's literally going to be in a movie with Christopher Nolan next. Was it next year or the year after? I forgot when it's coming out, but he's literally going to be in a movie with Killian Murphy playing a uh, basically about playing about the uh, the guys who created the atom bomb, mm-hmm. or something to that effect. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it. I honestly feel because of COVID and stuff like that too. It is like you get anti, you get what they call COVID idiots or COVID idiots or COVID idiots, yeah, COVID idiots. And the biggest COVID idiots are celebrities who who are easily one of those or who could easily you know fall into that COVID idiot thing. And then mm-hmm. yeah, that I'm just like you could have just gotten. Uh, the safe and secure bet and just like taking like uh, some sort of medication or and it's like the same thing with flu shot it's like how is it getting the flu shot like per year more different than getting a vaccination against another thing yes mm-hmm. still getting the same thing per year it's a flu shot you know uh, oh no no because you know in that covid shot they're gonna put little trackers in us because somehow a tracker can now apparently survive floating around in liquid and floating around in our bloodstream for so long when our phone even can't though, even do that when we drop them in the pool. Even though we are carrying, uh, even though we are carrying a uh, actual tracker. Exactly. We're, like honestly, if like, you're scared about being tracked, go live in the freaking forest with no technology. 
Like, like honestly, is that something you're so concerned about? Because we already willingly let ourselves be tracked because it's like that's just the age we have to because we are reliant on these on these phones. We like, you know need them to essentially survive pretty much. Yeah, and again, if you're really in, uh, really dishonest about getting a vaccination and stuff like that because you're getting a tracker and whatnot, too bad. Well, uh, tough titties. You know, yeah. uh, it's like it's like you put trackers in your pets. Yeah, to find to really find was, them. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like it's like you put that you do that for a reason. Yeah, especially if they run, especially if you go out for a week and you find out you're they left the door open and then suddenly it's like you're having a panic attack to where your dog is or where your cat is and then oh wait by the way we have a chip in in the in the collar. Let's just see where it is and then suddenly it's like oh. Thank God they're only just a couple of blocks, you know, like maybe two blocks down with one of the neighbors, you know, and the neighbor has been taking care of them for the past week or so because they knew they were gone. I mean, they knew you were gone for the week. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, people who baby proof everything so they don't have so their child doesn't accidentally touch a um, um, crap. What's the thing? Uh, Electrical socket. Electrical socket. There we go. My mind is. Hey, hey, if my baby wants the, you know, to touch an electrical socket, that's their choice. Don't take away their choice to electrocute themselves. I like how it all went down from. You were just talking about uh, Ice Cube not wanting to do because he didn't. This is this is how our uh, this is how our show works. Sometimes we start with one conversation and end with another different conversation. But yeah, it, it's. <sighs> Welcome Honestly. to having a human conversation. Yes, with Brian Hayden, a.k.a. Downstairs. And that has been episode probably six, seven. I don't remember what correctly. But uh, episode, you'll figure it out. You're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as as I've seen on the anchor, we have at least five uh, five listeners this past week alone. So that's I'm happy for that. Yeah, nice. Of course, I haven't really updated the anchor thing because I didn't. Put in the uh, thing with uh, my other interview I did uh, last week, but you know, I'll be doing that later anyway. So, uh, so yeah, that was the that was this week's episode. Uh, nothing really, nothing really much to talk about outside of this past week alone in terms of just mm-hmm. stuff like that too. But it, a lot of the discussion that we had were stuff that we wanted to talk about last week, but we couldn't do it because of you know just. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. hey, I hope we had a good, uh, hope everyone had a very good discussion or something like that, or I have no idea how to end one of these things, but honestly, just be well, be safe, and be, uh, yeah, just be well, be safe, and uh, take care, everybody. Aiden? Same message. <laughs>